Thank you for listening to the Giving Light Podcast. We are a family church and world outreach center. Our heart is to empower you to walk in true freedom and equip you to impact your world. Please visit our website at givinglight.org to learn more about us and our many resources, including original music by Brave Music, e-courses for leaders, tools for raising powerful kids, and more. If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy this message. Today I'm going to talk about You Are Powerful. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I bless each one. And Father God, we know that without you, we can do nothing. We know it's by your grace and by your ability that dwells in the inside of us. But Lord God, you created us to be powerful. And Lord, I thank you that we're going to have a revelation today. Everyone here, those uh, that are listening uh, through Facebook Live, Lord, I just thank you that there's going to be a revelation of how powerful we are in God. In Jesus' name, amen. See, we must recognize that we were created to be powerful. We were created to walk in authority, and we were created to be self-governed. And we can go back to Genesis and we can find it. In the beginning, do you realize there's something called the law of first mention? And you can go back to Genesis and you can see God's original intent, his plan, and his purpose for mankind. Isn't that right? We know man sinned, but we know Jesus Christ paid a price to take us back to his original intent and purpose, right? Not just in relationship with him, but everything that goes with being in him. And so God made man, male and female. He blessed them. Blessed means empowered to succeed. So we must recognize that when God made man, all humanity, he put in us the ability to succeed. He put inside of us the ability to prosper. And then he gave them a commandment. He gave them instructions. He says, you be fruitful. You multiply. He didn't say, just sit back and I'll multiply you. Just sit back and pray all day and you'll be multiplied and increased. No, he says, I want you to do something. I placed inside of you everything that you need to be successful. And yes, it is in me and we're going to do this thing together, but I want you to be fruitful. Man, before I ever knew Jesus, Man, I was climbing the governmental ladder, or I was going up really rapidly. I started making good money before I left, and uh, really good money, and all those things. And you know what? I did it because I was a hard worker. I did it because I was motivated. But what I was doing, I was not building the kingdom. I was focusing on building me. I only cared about me. So there's a lot of things we can do with the works of our hands. Come on. But our role and our responsibility is to take that power and to live for something so much higher than ourselves. It is to use our life, our voice, our attitudes, our actions to have dominion, to be fruitful and multiply, to honor our God. So powerful in my definition, according to this, uh, is free will. God made man with a free will, correct? If he didn't make man with a free will, they never would have yielded to sin. Correct? They made a choice. God gave us the ability to make choices. He gave us the ability to walk in self-control, which happens to be one of the fruit of the Spirit, which is something we must choose. We are not weak 
We are strong in him. Powerful means stewardship over our internal self as well as our resources. So we should govern ourselves and govern our resources. God created us with that. In Proverbs 25, 28, it says, A man without self-control is like a city broken into and left without walls. He said, man, I created you to have dominion. And I want you to choose to walk in self-control so that you will not be like a city that doesn't have walls, doesn't have boundaries, doesn't have protection. So when we choose to walk in self-control, then literally we are fortifying our lives so that the enemy cannot come in. Proverbs 16, 32, he that is slow to anger, oh my gosh, does that mean we have some control even over our emotions, all right? He that is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he that rules his spirit better than he that takes a city. I said, man, if you're going to get victory, get victory over yourself. Because when you get victory over yourself, that is greater than taking a city. I believe when we have internal victories, we will have external ones. I think our biggest battle is internal. Come on. There's a war going on in our minds and we are powerful enough to choose which side we're going to be on. The creator made all humanity to be powerful. And as believers, we are empowered by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is our helper. The word grace means the Holy Spirit's influence upon my heart that is reflected in my life or divine empowerment, divine ability. So there are so many influences in our world, so many voices there are loud voices out there. There are so many things that want to influence our heart. But grace is when we lean on the Holy Spirit's influence. And when I allow the Holy Spirit to influence my heart, and he'll always influence me to align me with heaven, to align me with the character and the nature of Christ, to align with who my God is so that I can be who he created me to be in this earth. Isn't that right? Come on, all you folks in this radical, spirit-filled, Holy Ghost church. Come on. <laughs> See, we are called to do the possible, and God does the impossible. Hey, lay hands on the sick, and guess what? They're going to recover because we're partnering with heaven. We're partnering with the Holy Spirit's influence. Jesus only did those things that he saw the Father do, right? He was influenced by the Holy Spirit. So what he did, he knew that was backed up by heaven because it was influenced by heaven. If I step out doing Melody's thing, when I start in my power, I have to finish in my power. It's my responsibility to make it prosper. And that doesn't always work. How many of you ever been there? But I, when I step out by his voice and his grace and his ability, he is going to lead me in a place that it is already successful. Beginning of the year, I talked about heaven's initiated change. When heaven initiates change, it's because he has already ordained it. And we just partner with what he's already ordained. We're going to be blessed. We're going to prosper. We're going to increase. We get to choose the fruit of the spirit. You know, that's a choice. Holy Spirit, give me peace. Choose it. 
Holy Spirit, help me to love. Just choose it. His influence, the fruit of the Spirit, the influence of the Holy Spirit inside of me is constantly influencing me to say, have love, have joy, have peace. Come on, be long-suffering. Be faithful. Be temperate. The fruit of the Spirit is within the Holy Spirit who dwells within me. And so when I allow that influence, I say, okay, Holy Spirit, I'm going to walk in love. I choose right now to love you. It has nothing to do with the person. It has nothing to do with the situation. It has to do with the power I hold to choose. How many of you choose Jesus? How many of you choose the Holy Spirit's influence above every other influence? That's our choice. See, our personal choices are internal dialogue. It's not just what we do outside. It's what's going on inside. Come on. You guys are quiet today. Internal dialogue, our external communications, and how we stored our lives and resources demonstrate how powerful we are. I know I'm using a word that most people don't use in church because I can't do anything. But you know what? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me and he lives in the midst of me. So we only have two choices in this life. Adam and Eve had two choices, to be powerful or to be powerless. And they chose to be powerless, correct? We can choose through the work of Jesus Christ to step out and be powerful in who he's called us to be. Because, see, if we're not powerful, we will be powerless, and that leaves us as victims. If you are powerless, that means anybody or anything can control you, and you'll be like that ship on the stormy waters that takes it wherever those waters want to take it. We'll be double-minded. We will be unstable. We will be emotionally unhealthy. We will be struggling. We will be battling. We will be grieving. We will be hurting. All these negative things will be established inside of us because we are powerless to change anything. So we give away our power of choice. I really struggle when women blame their husbands why they can't do something. Come on. While we blame all these other people, well, if they wouldn't get upset, I wouldn't do this. Let them get upset. Am I going to please God? I told my husband years ago, if you want to go to hell, you can go to hell, but I'm going to heaven. You can do what you want to do, but I know where I'm going, and I know who I love more than you. Now, do I love him? Yes, I do. And you know what? He loves me in the same way. He doesn't follow Melody. He follows Jesus. I don't follow Stephen. I follow Jesus, and together we build something. It's about the kingdom. We give away our power of choice. We tear down boundaries. We don't protect ourselves. We let any type of junk come in. We listen to the news and are affected by the news. We listen to all these things, and it controls us. We give away our ability to think independently. We'll be married almost 42 years, and Stephen and I completely think differently. And you know what? That's okay. I don't want him to think like me. And guess what? He doesn't want to think like me. 
And I don't want to think like him because I need to be who God created me to be and he needs to be who God created him to be. And the fact is, if all of us are who God created us to be, then when we all get together, we can accomplish something great. Thank you. Hallelujah. Preach it, sister. Okay. (laughs) Think independently. Not an independent spirit. But independently. That means I hear and I obey. I give away my ability to have internal health. And I give my control over to others or circumstances. Oh man, I want to preach, but I can't or I'll never get done. (laughs) But the fact is I lived my life in such shame and such fear that I made my decisions based upon what you were going to say, what you were going to do, how you were going to think about me. Oh my gosh, what a powerless victim place to be. Circumstances controlled by things that are going wrong. In the world, we're going to have tribulations. Things aren't going to always go the way we want them to go. But are we going to allow those things to control us? See, that was not God's design. He didn't create us to be powerless. He created us to be powerful. What? In Luke 10, 19. Behold, I give you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. I mean, God is saying, okay, Harold, you have the ability to have power over all every aspect of the enemy, the devil and every demon of hell, you've got power. Well, I have no power over how I feel. I have no power, you know, this, oh my goodness, my husband, my boss, oh, our nation, whatever it might be. And we render ourselves power, powerless when God says, I gave you power over the enemy. Well, if we have power over the kingdom of darkness, guess what? We should be able to have power over ourselves. So let me give you some characteristics of powerful people. Powerful people are humble. When you start talking about being powerful, they say, man, she's prideful. No. Power comes from humility. It's the foundation of being powerful because I know who I am and I know who I belong to. I'm a daughter of the king. Come on, guys. We are royalty. The kingdom of God dwells inside of us. And who God is in the midst of us is not weak. Who he is inside of us is powerful. Oh, when the spirit of God will come upon you, you shall be endued with power (laughs) so that you can be a witness. Does our world need a witness? Can I get a witness? All right. (laughs) See, as Jesus is, so are we in this world. And everything I'm going to tell you from this point on, well, from the very beginning, you'll see all these characteristics in Jesus. So if we are to be as Jesus is in who, as we are to be as Jesus is in this world, think about it. What do we relegate to the enemy, to circumstances, to people. We're to be like Jesus. The choices we have, powerful people, 
Their choices align with heaven and build the kingdom. What did John say? I must decrease and he must increase. That was a very big, powerful choice. That was a choice of humility. I choose to humble myself to the lordship of Christ. Guess what? It really doesn't matter what Melody wants to do. It's what God is calling me to do. That's humility. And he doesn't call me to do things in weakness and fear and timidity. He calls me to do what he's given me to do in confidence and boldness, to be who I am in my world and to do it for him. You can't travel the nations walking around and say, oh, you know, I mean, you've got to go in there knowing that God sent you and releasing what God put inside of you. Am I all that? No, but he, he sure got a lot. I'm not going in who I am. I'm going in who he is in the midst of me. And that is humility. That is not pride. Because see, when we know we've heard the voice of God, there's a confidence that's on the inside of us. Powerful people do not try to impress others. <laughs> Look what I did. Look what I accomplished. Hey, let's celebrate everything God does. Celebration is a beautiful thing. People come with testimonies, not just of healings, but blessing and favor and success, financial provision, all those other things. And they come with those testimonies. Man, my business is prospering. God took off this and he did this and he accomplished this. Isn't that awesome? But the fact is, we're not boasting on ourselves. We're boasting on who God is in the midst of us. So guess what? It doesn't really matter if I impress you or not. And so many people are living their lives to be validated by man. And I believe in validation. You know, that's one of my key voices. We need to be validators. But the fact is, when I need validation, I will compromise myself to get it. Young people. They will compromise themselves so that person they're dating stays okay with them. We don't want them to be upset. I've worked with people that are so afraid for someone to be upset. I don't want them to be mad at me. Well, you have no power over that. Did you ever hear the phrase of damned if you do and damned if you don't? If somebody wants to be unhappy with you, it doesn't really matter what you do they're still going to be unhappy with you. So what do we do? <laughs> we don't try to impress people. We just hear and obey our God. They choose peace and honor God in heart and in actions. What did Jesus say? I love this scripture. It is like my meat. <laughs> Jesus says, my meat or my sustenance or the thing that gives me life is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. He had power because he wasn't living to impress people. He was living to build the kingdom of God, to work for his God. See, powerful people are confident. They are humble, but they're confident. It's the same thing, actually, because they're confident in who God is in them. Why are they confident? Because they give their best. Daniel, he had an excellent spirit, right? Listen to this scripture in Daniel 6. Then this Daniel was preferred above all the presidents and princes. These are non-believers. He was preferred in a world that was a heathen world. Come on. 
Why? Because he had an excellent spirit. And the king thought to send him over the whole realm. When God gives you favor in kingdoms of darkness, I can't tell you, there's so many things, I have so many stories that I can't tell because they're confidential stories. But God is taking me into places where I'm saying, God, I do not want to go here unless you go with me. Because this is not a place I want to be in my own strength. You know, the higher opportunities you have, the the more darkness that you walk in, the more you know, I do not want to do this thing alone. (laughs) But you know, I'm willing to go anywhere if I know he's going with me and he's gone before me. And I thought, well, what do I do when I get there? The only thing I know how to do is to love, to validate, to honor, and hear the voice of God. I'm not a wing it person, but boy, I've had to learn to wing it in certain situations. (laughs) And God has given me so much favor, even within the world. I had a vice president in a multi-billion dollar corporation call me about a week and a half ago. And I'm going to be doing consulting there. And they called and they said, Melody, we cannot wait for you to come because we want to discover what's on the inside of us. I'm going to be the core value index training because we want to discover what's on the inside of us. And here's this multi-billion dollar VP who is so excited, not a believer, but so excited to discover something that's on the inside of them. Come on, that's what reformation's about. We're not planted here to have our own little subculture in here. We are to be equipped in here so we can go out and change our world. And we're going to do it not because we're weak, but because we're powerful. Confidence builds from every victory won, not for. I did this fast, so forgive typos. (laughs) Confidence builds for every victory won. Every time I've seen God move supernaturally, it builds a confidence of who he is in the midst of me. It builds my faith that I can step out and do the things I never thought I could do. And we have testimonies across this room, in this house, of people who have been on the edge, and when they got on the edge, they saw what only God could do. And now our confidence isn't building upon who we are, but upon who he is. Powerful people are confident. Every victory, large or small. See, large or small is relative. It might be big to you and it might seem small to me. But every victory is a victory. Whether you get healed of a headache or get healed of cancer, praise God. The power of God healed us. Come on. Every time we know God is moving in our life and we see these little signs, you know, come up and this happening and that happening where we're going, Lord, only you could do this. Only you could orchestrate these things. It builds confidence in us. Confidence builds when I have victories internally as well as public victories. In fact, I've learned the more internal victories I have, the more public victories I have because I don't need those public victories to validate who I am. It is just so much fun loving who God created you to be. Man, I'm a little old lady with wrinkles if I'm talking to young people. 
we're just young women. We just got some wrinkles. It depends who you're talking to, all right? And so that's what I might be on the outside, but guess what? When my God validates me, there is a courage that arises on the inside of me. The fact is, my spirit man is renewed day by day. I don't like the wrinkles. There's things about my life that I would like to change. If anyone wants to give me $20,000, $30,000 for a facelift, I take it. But Joel says, Mom, you are not permitted to do that. So I have uh, instructions that I'm not allowed to get a facelift. But maybe there's other things I could do. I don't know. But anyway, the fact is, it's not what is on the outside. It's that spirit man that is renewed. And I would not want to go back to my life when I was 20. Definitely not, because I wasn't saved. I don't want to go back to my life when I was 40. Help me, Jesus. When I look at all the things my God has done in my life, man, I don't want to go back to the good old days because the good old days were not all that good old days. But to live in a place where you're loving God, you're loving life, you love other people, you're not controlled by the external. Oh, my gosh, some days are difficult. But difficult days do not control who I am. Powerful people know that today is our moment of power. That's huge. I have no power over the past. If I could, I would change some things, but I have no power over the past. I can't control the future, but I can choose what I'm going to do today, how I'm going to feel today, how I'm going to act today, and what type of powerful decisions I need to make. Powerful people are risk takers. Why do we take risk? Because you lost your mind? No. Because you're serving a higher cause. One thing I love about young people, I love young people. They've always been in my heart. I love young people since I was a young people. So you know that's been a long time, all right? But one thing I love about them is the vision that they carry. You know, when you're young, you're going to change the world. And then we grow in wisdom to recognize that all things are not possible. Come on, guys. We got to get that back. Let the vision be birthed again. Let the dreams arise again. Let the hope arise again on the inside of us because you can go back and you can see things you did when you were a little kid. And recognize that those things God seated in our heart when we were formed in our mother's womb. God chose us in him before the foundations of the world. He put everything inside of us we would ever need to accomplish what God's called us to accomplish. And that does not change with age. I can serve a higher cause for the rest of my life and for all eternity. I can take a risk because I trust the author and the finisher of my faith. What we do has nothing to do with age. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with retiring from a, a secular job or something like that. I'm just saying don't retire in your soul. Live for something. Live for a higher cause. Live with a courage on the inside of you that I'm going to spend every day of my life doing something to build the kingdom of God. I'm going to live every day looking for someone to love and to honor and to validate and to celebrate. We have the power to do this. They're risk takers because they know that their mistakes do not define them. 
Thank you, Jesus. I don't want to even look at the definition over my life if I look at my mistakes. Hallelujah. (laughs) They know that they will learn and grow when things do not go according to plan. Did you ever have a dream and it didn't go according to plan, Mr. Visionary there, right? But do you know one thing you gain? First of all, it is beautiful to be a risk taker. But when things don't go according to plan, recognize it's tuition. (laughs) Do you ever go to college? Man, I pay a lot of money to get a certification. I pay a lot of money for a lot of things. And I'm paying that money so I can gain something that I didn't have, right? Why do we go to college? To gain some knowledge that we did not have. To position us so we can do what we could not have done, correct? It costs money, it costs time, it costs effort, it takes energy, it takes faith, it takes courage. You had to take a risk to do it, come on. But you pay that tuition and you pay that price so you can advance. So we're risk takers in the kingdom. And somebody look and say, ooh, ooh, you just failed. Man, I had the courage to take the risk. And in the process, that was tuition that taught me a whole lot. Man, I don't even regret the stupid mistakes I made. Well, there are a few I do. But that was before Christ. (laughs) But I don't even regret. At the moment, it was a place of shame. But I don't regret them because those were some of the greatest learning experiences. Those were the opportunities that shifted things on the inside of me that are empowering me to be able to do what I'm doing today. It was tuition. So right now, in the name of Jesus, everything that they thought was a mistake, we just thank you that it was tuition to advance them, increase them, and multiply them. The only way we're going to fail now is if we go back and do it again, have that same attitude again. We learn from our mistakes, right? We take risk because without risking something, you've risked everything. Staying in that little safe zone, making sure every duck is in the row, even when God has spoken, you are risking more than taking a risk. I'll never earn money from the stock market unless I invest into it. You say, well, look at the people who lost. I mean, a lot of people are gaining now, but there was a time when people lost in, what, 2008. Well, at least they took a risk. At least they were willing to invest. Hebrews 4.11 in the Amplified. Let us therefore make every effort. It's like we have to work to enter rest. What? Labor to enter into rest. If we're going to work at anything, let's work at being peaceful, being powerful, Because guess what? When you're powerful, you have peace. If you feel out of control, you have fear. When you are in control, in the areas God's called you to be in control, and that's not over other people. When I'm in control of melody and my emotions and my heart and my choices, I'm going to walk in a rest and a peace. 
Let us therefore make every effort to enter the rest of God to know and experience it for ourselves. Oh, Harold, please pray for me to have peace. I'm the only one that can choose that. It's me and God. Nobody else can supernaturally lay hands on me and give me peace unless they cast out a demon or something like that, which is possible. But I have to choose peace for myself. Somebody out there make me peaceful. They can't do that. I need to know and experience it for myself so that no one will fall by following the same examples of disobedience as those who died in the wilderness. It's talking about the children of Israel. Here they got delivered out of Egypt, but their minds still had a powerless mindset, and so they could not even believe God when they saw the water part. They couldn't even believe God when their food is coming down. They couldn't believe God when their clothes didn't wear out. And I know for a lot of us who can't go shopping, that might be challenging, but the fact is they couldn't believe God. And that was considered disobedience. God is looking for those that are going to be willing to take a risk believing him. What if I make a mistake? Okay, I learn. I don't have to tell you I told you so. Come on, guys. We got to get rid of that immaturity. We got to celebrate when someone takes a risk. I remember Destiny came over to my house, and I'm going, I'm so excited. I love when people do risk-taking things. I love when they go to a nation, and they just go, and they do these extreme things. Man, I was an extreme person before I got saved. I want to do stuff nobody else did. God put that inside of me. Adventure. Loretta just came back from Israel. And she was in the north of Israel when bombs were hitting in Damascus, in Syria. She heard the sirens. Oh, I can't wait to hear all her stories. I don't even know how old you are. 70? Is that right? Do I care? Does it matter if I say you're eight? She's 70 years old, going on an adventure to Israel Going places that most people wouldn't go, not with guides, no, no, no. Just going out there and taking a risk. But you know what? She's had a life experience that none of us have had. Don't tell me you can only take risk when you're 20 or 25 or 30 or 35. It's an attitude, it's not an age. Powerful people are authentic. They are real, genuine, not a copy or fake. They do not try to control someone else. Whether I'm in a corporate boardroom or if I'm before governments or I'm right here in church, guess what? I'm the exact same person. I just don't do scriptures there. I use scriptures here. I back it up with the word here. But there I go and I give biblical principles. You know, there's outright warfare where we come against the kingdom of darkness, but then there's a type of uh, warfare, spiritual warfare, that is called neutralization. That means you go in with love, you go in with truth, you go in with validation, you go in with honor, and it's literally dismantling the kingdom of darkness. Mindsets are shaking and, and, and uh, being shifted to something else, and people aren't even aware of what's happening. Lies are driven out. 
when truth is established. It's making a way for the kingdom. It's just being who you are wherever you're at. See, our personality trains us to adapt ourselves. So if I go here, I act one way. If I go home, I act another way. If I go over here, I act another way. So wherever I'm at, I act differently. Nuh-uh. Now, I might, well, I don't think I'm all that professional. But, I mean, I, you know, I, I do business, but I'm still me. Be who God created you to be because who you are is what's going to open up the doors for you. You don't want to go to a place that doesn't fit who you are. God will send you to where he's called you and equipped you and graced you to be. Powerful people refuse to wear masks. You might call it two-faced. Think one way here and say something else out of our mouth. That's all controlling. That's manipulation. That's deception. They reject manipulation, usually hidden agendas or deceit. Man, I would rather never have a platform if I had to manipulate to get it. If I have to manipulate Stephen to tell me he loves me when he tells me he loves me, it means nothing because I'm manipulated to get it. I need finances. Harold, I really need, Harold, you, 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 know, you know, I'm really struggling. Please believe God with me is just, and you know, when he, <laughs> yeah, you do, you're rich. Come on, man, all right. And so he, I give him this big pity party and he gives me what I asked for. You know what? There's no joy in that because I'm manipulated to get it. Isn't it a whole lot more risk-taking, exciting to sit back and let God do it? Ah. Then you got a testimony. But if you knew you manipulated to get it, not only are you not authentic, but you're functioning powerlessly. You're functioning as a victim. Leviticus 25, 17 in the New Living Translation, it says, do not take advantage of each other, but fear your God. Advantage means do not do wrong, oppress, or cheat. He says, this is about the fear of the Lord. This is not just how it affects another person. It said, man, we need to fear the Lord so much that we do not cheat others, that we do not oppress or do wrong or speak wrong. That's why I have a real problem with gossip and prejudice and assumptions and bias and all those things. It's not just how it hurts people, but I'm not fearing my God, for my God so loved this world that he sent Jesus. He so valued us that he sent Jesus to die for us. He doesn't want his body attacking and being critical of other people. Come on. Well, I know some you don't know. So what? I'm more gifted than you are. So what? It's not what we have. Every gift we have, you know, Pastor Joel says that the Christmas tree cannot take credit for the presence under it. My gifts came from God. It's my character that shows me who I am. I'm preaching. I'm sorry. Let's go on. I'm not going to get done. Powerful people serve. This is, oh, you, this is good, guys. The greatest among you shall be your servant. Matthew 23, 11. The word greatest is the word mega. That's the Greek, mega. Huh. 
That's big, guys. Do you ever get a mega shake or a mega hamburger or mega? I mean, it's like over the top big. It's like it's like a whole lot more than you should eat. You might eat it, but you shouldn't. You know. It says the the mega person in my body are those who serve. The one that really has heaven's attention is the one who serves. Faithful service in the little positions you to do greater. If I'm faithful in little things, then I get to do bigger things, greater things. I'll have greater authority, greater platforms, greater positions, greater opportunities. Okay, well, I'm going to serve so I get something bigger and better. Well, if I'm serving to get something bigger and better, I'm really not serving, I'm using. See, it's not what I do, it's the motive behind what I do. Serving is giving myself to bless another. Harold doesn't serve Mama Melody so he can get something from her. He just loves me. I tested him for a good three years to find it out. (laughs) Pass the test, buddy. All right. (laughs) And so because of that heart, platforms can be built. I'm going to love everybody but I'm going to partner with those I trust. I'm going to partner with those that are willing to serve. It's not about legalism. It's not about control. It's about a demonstration of the heart. See, I can see what you value by what you say and by what you do. Mostly by what you do, because we can say we value something, but you don't know if someone really values it unless you see what they do. Serving from a pure heart is always rewarded by heaven. Their greatest goal was to be internally successful. That's so true. I don't know if it's because I'm getting older. I just want to just love life. You know, I don't need certain things. Actually, some of the things I think I need... And it's good, beautiful, wonderful things. God's giving me opportunities that at times even takes me away from the things that Melody wants, like my grandkids. It really touched my heart when I heard how Billy Graham, 60% of their lives, he wasn't there. I'll tell you, I, I bet you the church... What's critical of him? You terrible person. What kind of father are you? You're gone 60% of the time. And that man has been celebrated worldwide. Millions upon millions of people have come into the kingdom of God. And guess what? His kids are serving God. I remember when my kids were young, I was saying, God, I'm so struggling because here we were. We were pioneering a church. We were paying the price. Man, I was focused on the nursery, the children, the youth. Man, I was investing into all those things. I was busy morning to night. And uh, my kids were neglected, honestly, in a lot of ways. We would counsel someone. And here, like, Joel was like two years old, two and a half. Rebecca's like four and a half. And they had to go into their rooms that little while we counseled somebody. Now, I would not do that again. That's one of those things, but I'm not going to grieve over that. But I remember in those times, I didn't know what else to do. If we didn't do the pastor thing, how could we ever build a church, right? (laughs) 
you know, we can adopt so many false things because that's just the revelation you have at that moment. And you know what? It's okay. God honors your heart. And whether you have re- don't have revelation of it, it's okay. You keep serving God. He'll give you the revelation you need. But I remember I went to the Lord, and, and uh, I remember when the youth would be coming over to my house. My house would be packed with youth. They'd take all the furniture out of the living room to have a wrestling match. Can you imagine Melody ever allowing that? Okay, no, I learned from those things. And I'd feel so bad because my kids were little, and the, they would go, and they'd eat all our food, and, and the house would be a wreck. And the next day, my kids had to work all day and, and didn't have much to eat. And, you know, I could tell you all those things, but... I I was grieving for my kids, and I said, God, what about my kids? I believe I'm doing what you want me to do, but what about my kids? And I heard him speak to me, and he said, you take care of my children, I'll take care of yours. And he has. He has. And it's not because we were great parents. I mean, we did our best, and we loved deeply, and we taught them in the Word of God. We lived the same way at home as we did at church. That's why they never hated God, because they didn't see us one way at church and another way at home. Joel said, I don't want to go to church. I wish you weren't a pastor, and I don't want to go to church. We said, it has nothing to do with being pastors. It has to do with being Christians. We're going to serve God. God is number one. It was okay, and that was the last time he ever said it. I'm doing rabbit trails. Focus, focus. Oh, 5 and I didn't get to the main part of the message. Okay. Okay, let's just go to the next one. Powerful people are lifelong learners. They know that there is much that they do not know. You know, the smarter you are, the more you know you don't know it all. Men cease to think when they know it all. If I know it all, why learn anything else? I'll just spend my life being critical of everybody else that doesn't know what I know. And in actuality, they're growing in wisdom and knowledge and love and all those other things where you're just camping on your seat of know-it-all. The demonstration of their knowledge is the application of what they have learned. See, they're lifelong learners. How do you know if you really know something? It's you're applying it. Learning isn't head knowledge. Learning is application. And when I apply it, it produces that truth. And it builds our confidence. James 1.22 says, Be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. If we focus on just what we know and not what we do, We're walking in deception. That's what the Bible just said. They are students and teachers. I love this, guys. We are students and teachers always. No matter how much we are taught, we must always be a student. Man, I love, we just came back from, uh, we're on the board of governors for Bishop and just sitting among all these giants in the faith. And I'm sitting there, and I got my computer. I'm not taking notes from the meeting. 
I'm just listening to what people are saying and jotting it down because there's so much revelation, there's so much truth, there's so much understanding, their experiences, yes, yield so much. I remember when I was on God TV in the beginning of the year and all the other ones that were on the different shows, I was the, well, there was one other that might have been a young man, but I and this young man were the only non-millionaires there. Multi, multi, multi-millionaires. So I just ask a lot of questions. I asked as many questions as I could because I knew. They knew a whole lot that I didn't know. <laughs> and I sat there taking notes for those two days. Always are students and teachers, leaders and followers. The moment we are not able to follow someone else, we have relinquished our ability to lead well. Proverbs 9, 9. Give instruction to a wise man and he will become wiser. Ah. If you can't speak to somebody something, it shows they're not wise and they won't get wiser. But if they're wise, they're going to listen. And they'll become wiser. Teach a righteous man, one with right actions, and he will increase his learning. I've learned I can learn things. I learned things from my kids when they were little. Did they have kids ever say something? Your grandkids ever say something? You're going, wow. I receive the rebuke, Lord. I receive it. <laughs> Powerful people complete, not compete. Oh, my goodness. If we would just function in a power and authority that would focus on completing and partnering and building and working together in love. Sometimes my completion is allowing someone to do their thing and me doing my thing. And there is nothing divisive about that at all. It is celebrating what they do. I can go into any denominational church and I can celebrate what they do. I can go into different cultures and different nations and I can celebrate what they do. Man, when I went to Africa, Joyce, man, I got wore out dancing. Come on, you guys know how to praise Man, I'm celebrate that. Could I do that? I mean, man, I, I was probably, I was like 45 then, and at 45, I couldn't keep up. Now, help me, Jesus, all right. Man, if we just become celebrators and validators, it's so powerful. We'll complete one another. Me doing what God's called me to do, and you doing what God's called you to do, and when we come together, we can accomplish so much more. Powerful people accept responsibility for their words, their attitudes, their actions, and the outcomes. Oh, man, we take risks, but then we blame somebody else if it fails. See, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just. What if we don't confess our sins? And even doctrines going out, well, you don't have to repent anymore. So repent means to change your mindset. That means just stay stuck in that same old mindset and never change. They're not afraid to have honoring conversations that challenge them. I love having challenging conversations. And I don't have to debate because I love to hear other people's opinions. But this one, look, they do not have to be aggressive with others to hold their internal convictions. Man, there's, let me say something about convictions. Can you guys give me five more minutes? How many? 10, 20, all right. Okay. 
I love to be challenged. And I have convictions, and you have convictions. Let me tell you something powerful about convictions. I pers- Now, our convictions should line up with the Word of God. That's bottom line. But we all have personal convictions, right? And in our personal convictions, I believe God gives us personal convictions, not out of legalism. He gives us personal convictions to position us for the call upon our lives. So for me to say you have to have the same convictions as me, that would be wrong because he's not called to do what I do. And I can name some convictions I have right now that probably most of the people in the body of Christ do not have. But he spoke to those things to me years ago. And he spoke them to me because that's what Melody needed to do to be able to reach who he called me to reach. And if I wouldn't have had those convictions, I would have disqualified myself from speaking into their lives. Somebody who isn't called to that group might not have needed those convictions. So we've got to recognize to make something a law that is not clearly a law in the word of God is legalism. But where God says something very clearly, it is an instruction for our success. It is not legalism. Love your neighbor as yourself. Oh, man, God, what do you expect? He's given us a command. You got to love other people like I love them. Oh, yeah, right, God. No, that's a command he gives. He gives us a command to do justice, to love mercy, and walk humbly, humbly, humbly with our God, right? That's a command. That's a no-brainer. It's not legalism. It is, it, is, it is instructions to be successful. It's instructions to take back your power. They don't have to force agreement to have relationship. How liberating that is. They don't try to conform people to look, think, talk, or act like them. Believe me, every young person in this church doesn't want to look like me, so I gave that up a long time ago, right? <laughs> Who wants to look old and wrinkled? No way, I'm not following her. They can, they can be them, right? Powerful people are emotionally healthy, happy, and thankful people. Okay, you can just put, did I lose my slides? Oh, my gosh, you are missing so much. Okay, so I'm going to go through these things fast. So listen fast, all right? So... Powerful people are happy people, thankful people, people of gratitude. Why? Because powerful people do not see themselves as victims. You will love life when you know you're not victimized by your world. It's not what happens to me, but it's taking responsibility for what happens in me. Being molested from the time I was two years old to nine years old, guess what? I was a victim. There was injustice against me. But powerful people take responsibility for what happened on the inside of them. So the fact is, I can't change what happened to me, but I can change the way I think internally so that has no power over me. Now, the devil regrets messing with me. 
Because even before governments, I'll speak about being molested. I'll talk about the power of justice and the ability they have to legislate to protect those who cannot protect themselves. I went before one government and in the midst of that, I was talking about being molested and the lies that I believed. I'm at an international government. All those there were equivalent to U.S. senators. That's how high level it was. And after I was done speaking, they said, Melody, after we eat, could you come back and tell us how you got healed? See, it was obvious I was healed. Could you come back and tell us? So I thought, oh, help me, Jesus, help me, Jesus. So while we're eating this fancy dinner inside, I'm just praying in tongues, praying in tongues. Oh, help me, Jesus, help me, Jesus. Because how can I say how I got healed without talking about Jesus? So how do I do this? So I went back, and they gave me about 50 minutes. And in the first 45, I'm talking about um, not details of what happened to me, but the lies and the things that took place and how it shaped my beliefs and the things that uh, took place in my life and how it brought shame and fear and all those other things. And then at the very last uh, four minutes or so, I said, now for me personally, the first step for my healing was Jesus. And I shared the plan of salvation very, very rapidly. And I said, thank you. Sat down. Then the head of this organization or of this governmental group gets up and says, Dr. Melody, would you be willing to pray for us? I wanted to fall over. And so they put me in this side room, and these governmental leaders came in one by one by one. Have to make this story very vague and short. But by the end of that day, five got saved. I have words of knowledge for healing. All types of amazing, miraculous things took place in that little room. See, I must take responsibility for what happens in me. Either I could spend the rest of my life blaming the things that happened to me for my emotional unhealthiness, my anger, my frustration, my irritation, the reason I treat people badly, the reason I'm grouchy, come on, whatever it might be, or I can take responsibility for that and use those things as a tool to impact for the kingdom of God. We're happy because we're not controlled by the actions of others. We always think the best of others. Think the best of others. Who are we to judge another person's heart? We don't have a right to. We can judge actions, but we have no right to judge a person's heart. We need to see value in others, even if they're imperfect, like us. Discerning, but not critical. Oh, if you have a spirit of discernment and you think that gives you a license to be critical of others, you got the wrong spirit of discernment. Oh, did I say that? Okay. No, seriously. God gives us revelation to pray and to love and to validate and bring people into health, not to be critical of them. Anytime there is criticism, it is deceptive. It is the wrong spirit. Man, Jesus hung out with some unique people. Did he agree with what they were doing? Was he critical of what they did not understand? No. 
He validated them. He honored them. He ate with them. He celebrated them. And it was those things that brought them into the kingdom. They establish healthy boundaries but are not mean-spirited or rejecting. They desire relationship and unity. See, unity is of the heart. I remember years in the body of Christ, we thought unity is we had to do everything with someone. Well, if we're all doing the same thing, you can only do so many things. Everyone needs to do what God's calling them to do, and we celebrate one another. We rejoice in one another. We might even financially support one another, but we don't have to do it all. We focus on the promise of God. Oh, I just, I can't go. Okay, let me skip. Let me tell you some things. Powerful people, you've heard me say this before, powerful people change what they can and choose peace in what they cannot change. So there's a lot of things we cannot change, but let me tell you some things that you are powerful to change. You are powerful. This is a choice of your will. One is your thought life. Whatsoever things are good and pure and perfect and lovely and of good report. But think on those things. See, emotion follows thought. Emotions follow thoughts. When you deal with something on the thought level, you are already aligning your emotions. So if I deal with the lie that causes me fear, I will not have the feelings of fear, right? If I deal with that negative thought, I will not have the anger, the resentment, or the criticalness. I won't have those emotions flooding me because I've dealt with my thought. I have, say, I have power over my thought life. Not somebody else's, yours, okay? I have power over my choices. I can choose life. Oh, I have all these scriptures. Deuteronomy 13, 19. I set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life. I can choose peace. We let the peace of God rule in our hearts. I can choose to reject fear. Why? God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power. Oh, that word again. He's given us a spirit of power. And when we're powerful, we have love. And when we have love, we have a sound, disciplined, healthy mind that is full of peace. And life is a whole lot better than I ever thought it could be. Because I choose peace. I choose to reject fear. I can choose how I will respond to anything. Oh, Loretta, you made me so mad. Nobody has the power to make you mad. Do you know that? <laughs> Nobody has the power to make you mad, all right? They can send you a big old invitation, but you don't have to accept that invitation. Oh. I have the power to change the way I perceive my past. There's a science called neuroplasticity, and it's the ability that the brain has to change itself. And you've heard me teach on these things a lot, but within 21 days, we can change the whole wiring of our brain by the way we think. 
So when I look at my past, if I see myself as powerless and a victim to my past, it will literally shape how I think, how I feel, the attitudes I have, my beliefs and my actions. But when I change the way I think and how I view my past, then I can look at my past saying what was is not what is and what is is not will be. Guys, we're on a journey. Don't sit and look at your life today and say, this is just the way it is. It's not just the way it is. It's a part of your journey. The way it is today is a part of your testimony, right? But the fact is where you're at is not where you're going. Set your eyes upon things above, not on things on this earth. There's an eternal purpose for you. And I want you to know, even after we die, our purpose continues. Our purpose is within us for all eternity. We are powerful to choose to be overcoming and having a victorious mindset in spite of difficulties. We can choose that. I'm not saying this stuff is easy. I'm just saying we're powerful enough to choose it. Fear is the most tolerated sin in the church. You're afraid. Oh, I'm so sorry. You're afraid. (laughs) You know, it's like, no, in the name of Jesus, we cast that fear up. Okay. All right. You sat on the front row. Okay. I choose the ability to increase my ability. Do you hear what I said? I choose the ability to increase my ability. God has put stuff on the inside of me, giftings and talents, potential. It's just not going to buy just somehow float out of heaven an increase in my ability. I have to choose to develop that. And I got to go because I'm 50 minutes late. 15, not 50. I choose who will gain access to my life. And you have to listen to something I shared a few weeks ago. I choose to forgive and I choose to partner with my God. It's a choice that I make. So Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I just thank you that you are causing us to recognize how powerful we are in you. We recognize it's not by our mind, it's not by our our power, but it's by your spirit. And so we choose to yield ourselves completely to you right now in the name of Jesus. And if you're here and you've seen there's been inside of you some places where you felt powerless and you say, God, I'm taking back my power. I want you just to stand up. I'm not going to call you up or do anything. It's just a declaration that you're making right now saying, I'm taking back my power. I'm taking it back. If that's you, stand up. Thank you, Father. Father, right now, even as they stand, I just thank you that your grace is partnering with what dwells on the inside of them. They are not going to be controlled by the external. They're not going to be controlled by the opinions of man. They're not going to be controlled by their negative experiences, their fears, their thoughts, their emotions. But Lord God, they're taking back their power. They are no longer victims. They are no longer powerless. That they can choose what they will think. They can choose to walk in peace. They can choose to abandon in themselves to the voice of the Lord and walk in a radical obedience that the Lord, they can rise with a determination on the inside of them to obey you at all costs, to go on an adventure with heaven. 
And so in the name of Jesus, I just prophesy an awareness of how powerful that they are. And so in the name of Jesus, we declare and decree a new beginning for each one. Old things are passed away. Old things are passed away. Even a half hour ago is no longer here. Even five minutes ago is no longer here. It's all the past. And we today, right now, at this moment in time, this is our opportunity to make a choice of how we are going to begin to live our lives. And so, Father, I thank you that you blessed us, empowered us to succeed, and you said, be fruitful, multiply, increase, subdue, and have dominion. Lord, you're giving us our land in the name of Jesus. You got a prophetic word? So the Lord would even say that in this hour, I'm giving you a new mind. I'm, I'm literally replacing the old mindsets, and I'm, I'm replacing them now with new mindsets, kingdom mindsets that will cause you to really even jump over defeat, jump over poverty, jump over sickness, jump over it all. God says, I'm giving you a new, a new, perce- a new perception or a new way of perceiving things that you've been dealing with. For the Lord would even say, my sons and my daughters, you're beginning to now arise to the place of heavenly places where you're going to begin to see it how I see it. You're going to begin to perceive it how I perceive it. So Father, we declare and decree, Lord God, that there's a break in even today, Lord God. Father, we thank you as those stood and they took a stand today, Lord God. We declare that it will not be how it has been. I will not look at it how the, the way that I've looked at it, but I thank you for victory. Victory, victory today is ours in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Do you have any words of knowledge? An issue with teeth grinding at night that's really causing a problem with jaw and enamel. Any, anybody else have a word of knowledge? Um, I had things with the breast. Okay. Wrist. With the wrist. Okay, if you have that or anything else, could the healing team come up? And if you have that, we're going to dismiss. And you can come up to those that are uh, in the front as, as the healing team. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you for each one. And, Lord, we just thank you that what we cannot do, Lord God, you are doing supernaturally. And we choose to partner with you in Jesus' name. Amen.